today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, he's not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic man show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Is it just me or is that intro like, is that blowing? Is that super loud in your headphones? Yeah, I, I dug it. Okay. I was in. It's really, yeah. I was in it's on really it. really getting me. Yeah, it was really getting me Whoa. jacked up. Adam and Ann here with David Niles to my right. One on the buttons, and we have a very special guest. We get to welcome back Father Brian O'Brien all the way from God's country in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Go Pokes. Welcome back. It's great to be here. Thanks, gentlemen. El mucho especial. It is, uh, it is indeed a joy. I am a, I am a weekly listener, just all so right. you know. All right. Yeah. I yeah, and that. you're the uh, also the chaplain of the St. Michael Radio. That's yeah. probably why he is a weekly listener. I actually sure. have in my in my office. I have kind of the big whiteboard, and it's sort of like things I need to think about. So sort of weekly tasks, you know, write the bulletin letter, yeah, uh, other such things, homily, you know, homily, yeah, uh, you know, parish staff update, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, change, and I like have sort of underwear. like other things that I do. Like I'm, I'm, I work in our vocations office here uh-huh. in the diocese. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm on like our personnel board, you know, so it's like, I just put it up there. Anyway, and one of the things I have up there is Catholic radio. Nice. So it just, it reminds me to like pray and think like what, anything I can do for those guys. Dun, dun. One of the bullet points, is it to work on your Harry Carey impression? No. Please tell me it is. He doesn't need to work on it, bro. Yeah. Well, you got to practice it's it every It's perfected for 20 years. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey. Uh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Uh, nice. Right. Very nice. <laughs> well, Father, uh, in honor of our forefathers this evening, uh, I the motherland. I picked a special drink. Yeah, it, it was the fanciest box I've ever seen. Yes, all of us. Where are is Irish. that box? Yeah, right here. Look Come at on. this thing. Oh yeah, you're 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 good, bud. Look at look this. this box. It comes in. It's James. Some of you are just year. listening, but if you're watching this, look at this. It's, it's this is. Year. I'll bet this is laser etched. It yeah, is. it's laser. It's etched. a laser etched box. So anytime you buy uh, whiskey in a wooden box, you know you're. I didn't you're even want to open it. It's bulletproof expensive. too. That is a bulletproof box. That's not true at all. Uh, Jameson, eighteen year is what we're drinking this evening. Uh, do you want me to give the notes, or do you, or do we want to just like wing it? Uh, let's both. I like doing both. Okay. So on the nose, they say 
mm. aromatic oils with a touch of wood and yeah. spicy toffee. Maybe some cherry. Yeah, definitely. T- you d- you got it. You got you get the toffee. You get the the toffee. toffee is pretty obvious. You right? smell toffee. A little bit. You do. As we've as I think we've discussed before, I'm I'm not. Uh, you guys are just more, more refined people than me. Uh, on the taste, it says wonderfully mellow with a smooth and on the taste. On the taste. Okay. <laughs> I think you said We're taste. very simple people in Payne County. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, wonderfully mellow and smooth. A mouthful of complex flavors of fudge, toffee, spice, hints of wood and leather. Gently, uh, gentle sherry, nuttiness, and vanilla. Hmm. And the finish is supposed to be long, lingering. Finish carries the theme of wood, spice, toffee right through the end. Now, those are the it's official. A, I would say it's a medium-length finish. I wouldn't say, ooh, that's a long finish. I would say it's... it's I'm going to taste it now. Okay, yeah. yeah, can, yeah. I, uh, can I do that? Yeah, yeah. Please, please. Oh, oh, yeah, we didn't even... Cheer. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers. Dave cheers, started cheers. Yeah, Dave started premature day. Sorry. I jumped the gun. Yeah. What did you think? You tr- uh, Well, it's delicious. It is delicious. Uh, it's super smooth. If you're drinking an 18-year-old whiskey, that's you'd, quite good. You'd expect it to be super smooth like this. Uh, I think that's a long finish. Do you think so? Again, back to my unrefined palate. Uh huh. Seems long. I agree. I actually agree. You think it so? tastes I like think leather. Did I hear leather in leather there? Leather was in there. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I can't taste any leather. I just think oh. it's neat that something tastes like leather. I was I was having some leather today. <laughs> and it does remind me. I haven't me. had leather since Friday. I had some nice it's, leather earlier. Uh, yeah? For your pants. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I usually have some leather at lunch. Yeah. Are you allowed? Would you be allowed to eat leather on Friday? Mm. Oh, it's a cow. <laughs> <laughs> right or right. Let's get a moral theologian. Where's yeah. Father Sean Donovan? Yeah. I mean, it's not meat, but it is an animal I mean it would be like like a you wouldn't eat like a, like pork grinds you know as like the skin of of a pig yeah you can't eat that on Friday you can't no okay so it's me it's no, animal then, then no you couldn't eat leather on Friday I would say no that's the quality I have not uh, just have answer. not didn't take a class on it in seminary but I'm just gonna go with no I'm gonna go with no okay my vast pastoral experience yeah I'm gonna say no leather now, on Fridays unless it's alligator skin. Right, because that's not it's a it's more it's, classified as a it's fish. A fish. It's a fish. Even though, let's be honest, an alligator it's not a fish. <laughs> it's actually mo- any, any kind of animals that live in water. Oh, really? Yeah. So people might count. People sometimes. Aquaman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you could eat Aquaman <laughs> yeah. on a Friday. <laughs> I'm gonna bring us back here, here. Watch this, Father <laughs> Father O'Brien. Do you know where your family's from in Ireland? Uh, we are uh, from, so there's kind of two sides of my family, um, and we know one, kind of one better than the other. Okay. Uh, County Kerry. County Kerry. County Kerry uh-huh. is the, the, O'Bri- the, the O'Brien side. Okay. And I have a sister named Carrie O'Brien. Nice. That's mm-hmm. funny, because you have a show about living in Payne County, and you also live with Father Carrie. That's true. Well, I, always, I always tell Father Carrie that he has a girl's name. <laughs> He likes that. He, it, I bet he really likes that. It, he thrives on it. Yeah. It's tough to like. If he's ever like kind of in my face or like we have a disagreement in the rectory or something, I'll say, we have a girl's name. And, that, and then I, that's it. I usually win. Yeah. It's like, you throw a ball like a girl. Yes, exactly. So this is a unique blend of three signature uh It's quite distillates. good. Yeah. And it's aged for a minimum of 18 years. Hmm. 40% ABV. Mm, that is good. 
it's a very it's a very nice Irish whiskey. Uh, you said it was about one hundred thirty dollars. Yes, it's a it's, wow. a, it's expensive. One hundred thirty. I'm not sure that we rolled out the red carpet. Though, drink Father slower. Brian. I'm not sure that I would. Wow. Want to pay one hundred thirty for it My again? Goodness. Yeah, it's expensive. Uh, probably for the box. Yeah, well, the box is one ten. That's when he, when he showed it to me. I was like, "That's how you know you're overpaying for a whiskey. If it comes in a nice box, they're like, hey, we want to charge more for this bottle of whiskey, but we're just not sure we can get away with it.' I have an idea. Laser etched yes, wood box. Let's get a sweet box. <laughs> Probably so. I like it. I like it. But um, if you like Irish whiskey, because they're Irish whiskey is kind of like the the little cut co- like the cousin in the whiskey you know they, they just don't get the the play that, compared to what well there's bourbon and scotch you know and like I, you know irish whiskey is maybe as it's as old as scotch you mm-hmm. know the mm-hmm. irish have been making whiskey for a long time for a long time uh accounts vary as to who started making whiskey first because like at some point, I'm Irish, okay, so don't yell at me, but Ireland and Irish people and Scot- Scottish people, they were the same, okay? So it's like they're both kind of claiming. Do you want to throw down right now, Dave? I'm Irish. Apparently. We're all Irish. <laughs> Except one. Except one. <laughs> one. You're not Irish? <laughs> I thought Posada. Was, I thought that was Gaelic. <laughs> yeah. So, Pastors Just of Pain. So- uh, your yeah, podcast? we have a uh, Father Kerry Wakulich, who is the uh, pastor at uh, at the on the campus of Oklahoma State University. Go Pokes! We uh, when I when, when he moved there three years ago, and I moved there two years ago, and we decided we needed a little way, kind of like you guys. We were actually inspired by you guys, so thank you. You guys were Sweet. kind of well on your way of a of a successful podcast with a very specific audience, you mm-hmm. know, Catholic men. And we were thinking, we were kind of brainstorming one night about. Gosh, how do we, you know, we priests, we preach homilies every Sunday, and that's usually a, you know, a major, it's meant to sort of feed your people for the, for the week ahead. Yeah. But, but what about in between? Like, how do you speak to your people? You know, can right. we, do we teach classes and we have some social media stuff, but we thought, let's, let, well, let's, let's try this. Let's try a little radio show and podcast. So yeah. we called it uh, Pastors of Pain, P-A-Y-N-E, after uh, Payne County, which mm-hmm. is where... Stillwater is. It's a great name, and it is a great we name. have a little, you know, a logo, and but we're very, we keep it very targeted. We know there's a ton of great podcasts out there, much better than we'll ever put together, and so it's just about life, Catholic life in Payne County. So we talk about kind of how we prepare couples for marriage, and we talk about, yeah, you know, the whole kind of coronavirus and how we're handling that, but but very specific to my parish, St. Francis Xavier, Local. and his parish. St. John Catholic yeah. Student Center on the campus of OSU. So if someone is, let's say, uh, or is a graduate of Oklahoma State University, yep, they would might they might be also oh, I think so. very yeah, interested. Yeah. Yes, yeah. very much so. So our audience is kind of up. my parishioners, yeah. his students, but then also like a lot of students' parents. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of the ways that they kind of keep up when their kid, you know, yeah. how was school today? Fine. Like, you Good. know, you need some other source of input. For, from what's going on in right. the life of your child, and so that's uh, that's our little podcast, Pastors of Pain. And we're on you know Google and Spotify and all that. Okay, so you it's can fun. find find it the usual method in the usual ways. Okay, check it out. Gotcha. I like usual ways. It makes it convenient and easy. We're here with Father Brian O'Brien once on the buttons. We're going to talk about resilience. We have two epic stories that we're going to tell next segment. Big so time. get ready. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass.
Welcome. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan and Father Brian O'Brien. We've got Juan Posada on the buttons. Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to get real. If you or anyone in the listening radius is susceptible to high levels of manliness, please be warned. This show will be harmful to your health. That was awesome. Just going to throw that out there. That was great. Our lawyers will not be upset with us now. The warning has been fulfilled. So we are, as we do um, from time to time, especially when we have a, a guest in studio, we are foregoing. This is an amazing place, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I am. I was here, I think it was like two or three years ago. Was it that long? I think it was two years ago. Oh, my gosh. I don't think I've been here since Please I moved to Stillwater. Please accept our deepest You've come to Stillwater twice, for which I am deeply grateful. We... we Please yes, say, please and I hope you'll come apology. again if there was not a worldwide pandemic. Yes. Right. Indeed. Yeah. Those darn worldwide pandemics. By the way, I, we are going to give a tour of the studio to our Patreon members at some point. It's soon. awesome, we, guys. It's not quite finished yet. I but walked we're in. I was close. massively impressed. Which is, yeah, thank you. As thank one you. who uh, has live streamed mass from my parish, from my phone each day, I am massively impressed with this <laughs> operation. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah. I have a tripod. <laughs> Ooh. That's nice. I have two tripods. Man. Take that. And that is the that is a that is something real in the making. It's handy. Yeah. It even goes up and down. Does it have a crank? Nice. Yes. Yes. Nice. Yes. Both like, of them. That that's how you know it's professional. Yeah. It's pretty that's, awesome. That's pretty good stuff. Pretty awesome. Okay, so uh we are skipping the man gear today. Yes. And what is our what is our topic, Father Brian? This was your idea. Over. So so we so Adam and Dave and I we've know, known each other for a long time. So occasionally I'll get an idea, and I I do I listen to the show every week, um, and so I'll occasionally kind of get a topic. So I've been listening to this audiobook, which I actually brought with me. Look yeah. at this. If those of you hmm, zoom in, did we zoom in on that? No, I'm just kidding. Don't actually uh, we can, but so okay. he's not really. there's this book, and the book is called Fortitude. American Resilience in the Era of Outrage. And it's by a guy named Dan Crenshaw. Now, Dan Crenshaw is, uh, most notably these days, is a United States congressman from Texas. Mm -hmm. And this is not a political endorsement in any way. I'll I'll listen to anybody. I I listened to a book by Elizabeth Warren recently. You caught a lot of flack for it, too, on your... Yeah, people get all... Yeah. But it's yeah. like I, she's an important person. She's running for president. How she was had, it? How was she has book? something to say. It was fine. I mean, yeah. I learned about her life, and she's from Oklahoma. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I'll listen to just about anybody um, if they got something to say and are like articulate about it. So he is also a, a retired uh, U.S. Navy SEAL, Lieutenant Commander Dan Crenshaw. And in 2012, he was in, with his platoon in Afghanistan, and they, they came upon an IED. And it, it basically, lo- he lost his eye. So he's I the would guy. Be so mad. He's about the that. guy with the patch. Mm-hmm. You've seen him. He's on. only been a congressman since 2019, but he's the guy on TV with the patch. He looks, looks epic. He was on Saturday Night Live a couple like last year. Right. Some he was made fun of, and then he came on the show, and like, kind of gave it back a little bit. Yeah, but that's like, that is the best move. You know. The, yeah. If, Google it. It's it's yeah. it's a it's kind of a nice it's kind of a nice scene. And anyway. let's be honest: when you lose an eye, you could go with the false eye, but that's just not as cool as the patch. The patch is way cooler. He he's he's it is. he's rocking it. Yeah, he's he rocking is. the patch. So he wrote this book, and I thought, okay, this he actually represents the district where I grew up. So I'm kind of okay. I'm kind of interested, and I'm sort of fascinated by him and, and his story. And he's very active on Twitter. And okay, here we go. So I started listening to this book. Anyway, it's all about 
resilience. It's kind of about about coming back from getting knocked down. Okay. So he, you know, is on this gets on this IED. His military career is over. Um, he has to retire from the military, and and now what? You know, could he could just sort of go along with life? He could just sort of kind of just just accept his check and 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 go on. No, he goes off to like a uh, Harvard School of Government. Kennedy School of Government, Harvard, and gets and f- gets a master's degree, and then runs for Congress and wins, and like it's just, it's just this this story of kind of coming back, almost like coming back from the dead. And I was thinking about that in light of kind of the world that in which we live right now. A lot of people's lives haven't really changed that much. We can't go places, we can't see people we want to see, but a lot of people's lives have changed. They've lost their job, uh, they've been furloughed, their hours have been cut back. It's a lot harder to provide for your family. Um, small businesses really hurt. Restaurants mm, really yeah. hurt. Um, so there's a lot of people who are very down. Um, a lot of my parishioners who are maybe on the older side, I mean, are, are super isolated. They can't go out. Mm-hmm. They can't see people. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of people who are who are down right now. And I would say the country, I mean, economically certainly is down. Right, unemployment skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. And so now what? Right? Do we stay down? Do we just sort no, of let it? I know the answer to that question. Do we let question. it? Do we just sort of, you know, sort of linger in our, in our lowliness, in our in our economic uh, disparity? No, right. There's this the, the idea of resilience. It's not like a theological virtue, but it it I was going to say it should be like the church hasn't thought of it yet. Come on, but like there's a need to I think just to to get back on our feet and, I, to, and to get going. I would say it would almost be a sub-virtue of fortitude. Resilience could yes. be a sub-virtue yes. of fortitude. Yeah, very much so. I agree. And uh, if not, it's certainly a human virtue. Yeah, it could be know, a, natural, that a natural virtue. In many ways, you need to build the human natural virtues first. Not in like a sequential first, but in like a... Pri- you know, like things have to happen first, even if they happen at the same time. Anyway... Forget I said that. First among equals. Yeah. So, but if you don't have the human virtues, grace builds on nature. So, if you haven't formed your natural self, then the grace has nothing to rest on, so to speak. So, you do need to have these just human strengths. Mm-hmm. You know, God made us to have these these powers, and resilience is one of them. So he kind of tells he tells the story of just of just how in his own life he has at times failed to be resilient, but most notably over the last you know eight nine years since he got his eye blown off in Afghanistan he has shown this great resilience so he just tells that story so I was thinking about that and kind of in light of where we are as a country where we are as individuals and it had me just like thinking like man all of like the, like the think of the greatest saints you know John Paul II's been on my mind a lot lately uh, Damien of Molokai my main man yeah. whose feast day was was just uh, was last Sunday May 10th um, you know, talk about resilience. I mean, getting knocked down, getting put in situations that are seemingly impossible, mm-hmm. where you could easily and and this is like where where someone who is, and I don't mean this uncharitably, but like someone who's weak, like crumbles under the pressure or crumbles yeah. under the 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 adversity. But it's the the saints are the ones who say, "I'm no, yes, the Nazis have occupied my country." Okay. That's the reality in which I live. Yeah, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a, a theater program for young people underground, and that's going to be our way of fighting back. Mm-hmm. Wow, Damien Molokai, right? I'm on this island, this godforsaken place, with a bunch of lepers. 
No one's here to help me. What am I going to do? Well, I'm just going to take care of one person at a time. This resilience is just like, I think, what, what our world is is needing right now. So then I'm like, oh my gosh. Then I was thinking about resilience in my own in my own life. I don't have like great stories about it for me personally. Like I haven't had a ton of opportunity, ton, ton of times when I've been sort of knocked down and life's been pretty steady up to this point. But then I was thinking about my mom, right? My mom, Peggy O'Brien. We actually did a little pastors of pain. We did it for Mother's Day. It was called uh, a tribute to our mothers. Oh, where we nice. both kind of talked about our moms in the in the uh, in terms of our vocations. So my mom, when I'm six months old, I'm 44 years old. When I was six months old, my mom was diagnosed with a brain tumor, a lemon-sized brain tumor. Wow. Think of a lemon in your head. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. That is amazing. Like, is there room for that? I mean- Well, it just squishes everything and wow. makes you have seizures, which is how they okay, found Okay, I was going to ask, like, yep. did weird stuff happen? She, yeah. would have, she would have these seizures. So my mom, you know, is not like a, it's not a big woman- uh, in fact, it's kind of small, you know, five, one, uh-huh. 110 pounds or so, you yeah, know, that is small. Um, but at that time I was the fifth of five kids, five kids under the age of eight. You guys know a thing or two about that. <laughs> um, and was facing like death. I mean, yeah. was facing a, a serious thing. So her and then, and, and then, and my dad along with her, you know, going in for the surgery, are, am I going to come out of the surgery? Am I going to survive? Um, what's going to happen? And ultimately, what came out of that surgery? I mean, she she she's still going, right? Uh, so still. and so this is in the seventies. Yeah, this is nineteen seventy six. So I mean, it's not like we bra- figured brain out surgery today is still complicated. Co- yeah, yeah. But in the seventies, I mean, it's even more. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, not just not as advanced. And so she comes out of surgery and is alive, but has kind of some some like her, the left side of her body doesn't work as well as the right side. And still doesn't, and and hasn't since that day. And she was, I don't know, she was 36 at the time or so. Wow. And she would have every excuse to not do things or to not, to sort of re- heavily rely on everybody else to do things for her. Mm-hmm. And she just simply never has. The, the resilience in that woman to to live her life, to raise five kids, seven grandkids, take care of her family uh it's just extraordinary and so not only like in the lives of of wonderful saints but like right there in my own life like there's a story of resilience and then short part of this like my dad as well you know he my mom's in surgery my dad is starting to plan what is life going to look like of me raising five kids under the age of eight without my wife without their mother Mm mm-hmm should just be a nightmare. Yeah, that's thing what I was saying. Like about. I was putting myself in his shoes. In oh that, yeah, right, it's in incredible. That moment, and she's like, "Honey, you better come." Like, <laughs> but both of them <laughs> just, just me. okay. These are kind of the the cold hard facts of my life. Now what? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not ideal. It's not good. It's in fact, it's terrible. Okay, but now what? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta keep going. I gotta get back up. I gotta go. Fortitude, perseverance, resilience. Boom. All right, when we get back, we're going to jump into the topic. I'm going to tell a quick story about uh, another example from our lives, personally, uh, and we'll keep going on the topic. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Here with our special guest, Father Brian O'Brien from Stillwater, Oklahoma. 
If you've been listening the last couple of weeks, Dave and I have told a story, either of our childhood or something funny. That we've... I like the basketball story. Yeah. That was a good that's, one. That's salt in the wounds right there, now that I've relinquished that title. But uh, something that has happened... It's weird that it's a title at all to be relinquished. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, that has... It's like, wow, that's a story of your whole re- like friendship entering into the realm of absurdity. <laughs> it's, well, doesn't make any sense, about but right. here we are. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we've, we've said before that Dave and I, we've grown up together. Our families have grown up together. Our parents have been great friends I love growing it. up. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my dad was Dave and I's age, about 33 years old, he was in great shape. I don't know if you, you, you know my dad. He's, I know your dad. He's in, he's in great shape, big man, but not... Like he is in physical, even still today at fifty-eight years old, he's in yeah. he's in good shape. For he's 50. a beast. He's a beast. He's, he's physically something to be reckoned with. I would not yeah. want to run into him in a dark alley. No. Right. And so at thirty-three, yeah. he unless was, I was in trouble, right? Then he like, would help me. Then, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Unless he. Right. So at thirty-three, he was you know peak performance. You know he was he was in great shape, some of the best shape of his life, feeling good, feeling really good. Yeah. Dave's mom. Walks up to him and says, "Hey, I want you to go get tested for the for for something specific." This is like right away when they met. When yeah, and my mom is a nurse. Your mom went up to Adam's dad yeah, and said, "Hey, I want you to go get tested for this uh, tumor. I think you have a tumor." That's random. And my dad get my dad laughed at her what, because what made her think that? Well, hold on, I'll tell you. Hold on. So he he That's laughs. Amazing. He laughs at her right because he's thinking I'm in the best shape of my life. Uh, I work out every day. I run. I, I just can't, finished a 5K this yeah, like, weekend. I go to the doc. I have a doctor. You know, I'm feeling great. I just met you. What do wow. you know about right. me? So a couple months pass. Wow. And Anna, Dave's mom, has done more research. And she goes up to my dad. And she goes, I will not let you rest. Because the Lord will not let me rest until you go to the doctor and get tested for this pituitary gland tumor. Agromeglia. Agromeglia. And so, and he, and she did it. She was brilliant because she did it right in front of my mom and his mom. So they all heard it. The women in his the life. The women yeah. in his life. Of course, of course, a mom would know what to do. Right. You know? And so she, it was prime opportunity. She did it. Turns out my dad did have a pituitary gland tumor. Now, what happens whenever you have a pituitary gland tumor, you continue growing uh, your growth plates continue you continue growing so like his hands are bigger than what they should be your body never stops producing human growth hormones wow that's why he's so huge that's one of the that's one of the reasons i mean he's a he would have been big anyway but right yeah so not not like not not as he wouldn't be like four feet wide he's got girth yeah Yeah, and so uh so so this happens and here my dad is 33 years old he has three kids under five years old mm-hmm. very similar to you wow. know the situation that, and they said like listen you're gonna go in you're gonna for sure have to take medications the rest of your life from moving forward there's a good possibility you will be blind coming out of this what because, out of the surgery out of the surgery wow. because they had to go through uh i guess the front of his of his nose i think vision is to, actually in the i don't know that's just what my dad okay. said okay. I, i'm not a brain doctor this okay. is this is just it's true he's not a brain doctor <laughs> uh and there could be some major complications moving forward. Of course, Anna's over here like, told you, I, I told you this, you know, and my dad kind of rocked his world, right? Best shape of his life, 
A lot of kids. Right, because he's still growing and getting stronger all the time. Like And felt, probably loving it. He felt great, yeah. <laughs> so he goes into surgery and comes out, and he takes medicine, he takes medication for one week. He can see just fine. He does, he's no longer on any medication. Wow. But he decided going in, he said, now listen, there's a, good, there's a chance that you know, things could be much different when I come out. So he planned everything to make sure that things were taken care of on, on the family end. But then he also said afterwards when he realized that things were okay, he goes, no, no, I don't want, like he made this decision, like I don't want to have this hinder me at all. And he, I mean, he worked his tail off to uh, rehab and make sure that, that he did exactly everything that the doctor said to make sure that things went as well as possible. Yeah. But he also made sure that he had a strong, I mean, he relied on, on uh, prayer, prayer from my, my family. He had a strong prayer life. He had strong prayer warriors. Um, but he could have easily, coming out of that, gotten down uh, and, and used oh, that as an excuse. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, just like, you know, Peggy, Peggy O'Brien could have yep. easily come out of that with with. Woe is me. Right. I, I'll never be able to fulfill my dreams. I can't do anything. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, he, I need help, you know, like. But he didn't. And you know yeah. what? You know what I think happened by him going through that, I was talking to you because I've been I've been listening to this audiobook as well, uh, and throughout this whole audiobook, I've just said over and over again that I'm so thankful for my dad because yeah. he has taught he's he's already taught me everything that that Crenshaw is talking about in in this book, and I think the reason why is a lot of times when you go through these tribulations, these trials and tribulations, you grow from it, you learn from it, and you're able to pass on what you learn to others. And so my dad didn't let those excuses yep. carry any weight in the, in the house. It, it did not matter if like you weren't, fi- you know, it didn't matter what your excuse was. That does not hold weight. Yeah, figure in, it out. In the Minahan house. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, that's one of the stories that I had about resilience. I um, love the part where your mom, Dave, said the, the Lord won't, like the Lord keeps bothering me to bother you. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I yeah. mean. She was on her... And, I mean, kudos to your mom to, like, follow to that lead. I mean, I think sometimes the Lord, like, speaks to us and we're like, mm, no. I no, don't, thanks. Mm, my, I don't think so. My mom has always been a very good diagnoser. Uh, I mean, she's just... She has she's a nurse. And she's just really good at mm-hmm. at that kind of thing. And so if she hadn't have told him that, because his doctors oh, his doctors yeah. didn't tell him that, mm-hmm. he'd right. be, he would have died. Yeah, he would have been dead wow. by now. Yeah. Uh, because at some point, the, the tumor grows and gets bigger and... You can't you, get it out, uh, and it's just the surgery is more complicated. And they live to uh, early fifties. Is is max? Is, wow. is yeah. the max. He'd be so gone. He'd mm-hmm. be gone. So well, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, just the uh, the idea of like, okay, I've been knocked down. Now what? Yeah. All right. I'm a man. I got a plan. I gotta. I gotta take care of my family. If this doesn't go the way I think it's gonna go, then what? And you've yeah. got plans, and you're making. And I just think in this, oh man, in this time, I mean, I think people are kind of down. People are, so they, I hope you can find some So let me ask you this, because listening, you know, listening to these two stories, what is it? Because there are some people who will get down, who will let themselves get down. And then there are some people who you can never get, you just, it doesn't matter what happens to them. They, they just take it in stride. So what is it? What is the key factor if you know, I'm sure it's a, it's a, it's many things probably. Yeah, but. I think a lot of it is life experience. I mean, I think that's it's kind of in the um, Congressman Crenshaw makes the argument of like, like almost you know, parents let your kids like face adversity. 
you know, this kind of idea of helicopter parents and nothing bad can ever happen to my kid. Um, they get cut from a team and I'm, I'm going to go up and I'm going to tell that, give that coach a piece of my mind. Yeah. Um, because they've hurt my child when in fact your child getting hurt might actually be on something kind of trivial, like they got cut from the football team, like is going to prepare them for this major illness that they face when they're in their thirties. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a part of the established, you know, fathers protect, provide established. This is the establishing side. I mean, Michael Jordan got cut from the basketball team in high school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's maybe why he became Michael. Michael Yeah. And so these, these moments of adversity in our lives, like, we learn to, you know, Pope Benedict talks about like we learn we learn to love by loving. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to learn yeah. to love, you you start by loving a little. Well, if you want to learn to overcome adversity and be resilient, like it has to be faced along the way. And so we in the culture in which we live, in in which many times we we're prote- kind of protecting people from even ideas that might be apart from what they've been taught or what they think. This idea that you can't like confront another person with an idea that they might disagree with, like we're soft. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. our culture yeah. is soft and promoting. Well, and we're scared softness. of we're, we're scared of suffering. Yes, yeah. we're scared of suffering. And, you know, what comes from suffering? I mean, compassion comes. There's uh, so many good things that yeah. come from suffering. And if you're scared of suffering, you can't ever gain these other virtues. Or if your whole your whole goal of life is to avoid suffering, right? Right then your life is going to be impoverished. Totally. And you're going to be doing things that are silly. You know, just... Imbr- just if and you- just like contrary to, to Christian ideas, like Christ said, carry your cross every day. Right. Bring and often, often like you end up suffering more along the way trying to avoid suffering. And if you had just suffered in the beginning, right. like you could and have this- got it over with and things would be fine. And this is what St. Thomas Aquinas talks about, effeminacy. You know, not willing to do the arduous for the sake of enjoying the pleasure right now. Yeah. You know, this that's that's what St. Thomas talks about. Yeah. Sometimes I think you know, our society today is it's very um, aware of victims, you know, and in many ways that's a com- uh, compassionate and is a loving aspect of our society. But I also think that sometimes I feel like we've gone overboard, you know, like, oh, if your kid has ADD, I had ADD growing up, well... He needs special extra time to take his tests, and he needs to be given all these. It's like, or maybe he could just learn to get over it. You know, like that's what your dad did when he had ADD. Mm-hmm. He didn't get special treatment on his tests. He had to get over it, or he was going to get whooped for having bad grades. I mean, and your dad is a better better man, yeah, because that was the way it was handled. I'm not. Don't send me your dumb emails talking about <laughs> I'm gonna send how you I'm hateful, email. okay? I'm I'm just like saying that I think sometimes in some situations we've gone overboard with always making accommodations for people. When some people, they don't need to be accommodated for, they need to rise up mm-hmm. and meet the challenge of life. Anyway. Well, one of the things that Crenshaw talks about also in there is how everybody reacts uh, motion based, emotion based, yeah, and how they make decisions when they're super high emotional, yeah, which is the idea. worst time. Terrible. So idea. when we get back, we'll continue this conversation. Uh, sitting here with Father Brian O'Brien, we'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan and Father Brian O'Brien. Hello, everyone. Okay, so we're talking about resilience. And Adam, you were uh, making a point about emotional decisions. You know, and it strikes me that you might be speaking in the voice of uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola, because he talked about this in his... um, Spiritual direction? Yeah, like his rules. You know, like, don't make a decision in spiritual consolation or desolation. desolation, Okay, another way to say that Mm -hmm. is emotional highs and lows. I had a good uh, pr- uh, professor in college, a pre- Jesuit priest, uh, in my undergrad years at Boston College, and he, he, he would phrase that by saying, you never make a big decision after 3 o'clock on Friday. And I've always totally. just, mm-hmm. you know, n- when you're in, you're not, you're just not in a good place mm-hmm. at 3.30 on a Friday. Yeah, also, you're just not. Enjoying a good drink is also not the best time to be making decisions. Because sometimes you can, you know, be a little bit more bold than might be prudent. Yes. So just that idea. We and we used to in seminary. We had a um, uh, we had a little acronym, uh, and the acronym was HALT: mm. hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Bad. No decisions. Those are bad times halt. to make decisions. Halt. Stop, stop what so you're doing. Write that. Write that down, guys. Mm-hmm. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Think about when you're hungry, right? You're probably a jerk to be around. Totally. Right? So eat something and Have then let's talk. Have a Snickers. Right? Hungry, angry. I mean, that's kind of what, what Congressman Crenshaw gets at in the mm-hmm. book. You know, the, these kind of these emotional highs. You know, someone has offended you. Okay? That's okay. I mean, I mean, that's it's okay to be offended. If somebody says something offensive to you, but then what ought, what ought to be your response? What is the... In our case, what is the Catholic what is the Christian response? What yeah. is the response? You know, um, is it to you know to sort of lash out, which oftentimes is our first reaction? Yeah, um, you have cut me off in traffic. I am now going to chase you for ten miles. Yeah, and I'm going to stop where you stop, and we're going to have it out. Yeah, no, no, you're angry, right? Maybe you're mm-hmm. hungry and lonely and tired, but yeah. you're definitely angry because then you both stop and you realize that it's Tim Minahan in the other car and. And he gets out and you go, oh, sorry, I think I had the wrong dude. And yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I was just hungry. I yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think if that's... you're okay. Where's the Burger King? Right. That's a... Vir- I mean, something, a virtue we can all work on. I sure. mean, it j- just to to, yeah. to kind of calm, mm-hmm. all right? What just happened to me? What was said to me? Mm-hmm. Maybe it was massively offensive. Mm-hmm. Maybe it hurt my feelings. Maybe it brought up something from my past that this person, maybe they meant to, maybe they didn't mean to. Sure. But I am emotional. And I want to lash out. In a glass case of emotion. Yes, I want to. I want to. I'm going to wail on somebody. Uh, but but don't. You got to. You got to mm-hmm. take a step back. What's going on here? Have control of yourself. As I like to. There's a guy Mark Hart Breathe. out. You guys have met Mark Hart at yeah. some conferences. Yeah. He has this great line where he just says, "You know, sin is optional. Mm. Sin is optional. Like mm, totally. when you start wailing on somebody because they said something offensive to you. Should they have said that? Probably not." But you trying to beat them up or you lashing out, you sin, yeah. and sin is optional, and, so stop it. I mean, Jesus didn't do that when the Pharisees were, yeah. were making fun of him. No, but he did silence them pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But yeah. I, think, I think it has to do with making sure that you have the end in mind, right? So, like, the sin is only optional when you entertain the idea of sin. If you know yep. what, what the end is in mind, like, if you know, like, right. listen, our goal is to be saints, 
and to get our families to heaven. Yeah. You know, your goal is to be a saint and get your parish to heaven. That's these are these are the goals. Yes. Right? And the only time that we deviate from these goals is if we entertain the idea of sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. When we give a lie. Uh, the credibility it does not deserve. Yep. And, and that's what Crenshaw actually talks about in this. He talks about going through Navy SEAL camp. And what would the ma- master sergeants do? They would hold the bell to give to say, like, bell you can equals give up. give up. Yeah. yeah. Right in front of them as they're going through Hell Week. You know, and they would say, all you have to do, Must. sure, uh, say, like, you want to be done? You want to be done? You, you want to be warm again? You don't want to have this sand? All over all of your sores in your body. Just ring the bell. Just ring the bell and Just you're done. But he said, no, I didn't even entertain that idea because I knew my goal was to be a, yeah. a, a Navy SEAL. Ignore the bell. A Navy Ignore SEAL. Right. I'm but not they got to do that because they could be captured and right. have someone torturing them. But what you know, happens like they whenever, need to know that these people can withstand the torture. Yeah, but what yeah. happens whenever you uh, think about the bell, you start thinking about, oh, it would be nice to be warm. Oh my gosh, it I would, would take would, a shower. It would be nice oh. to go back to be with my family. And my then, bed. And then you deviate from the end goal. Like, yeah. And that's the same thing with, with the spiritual life. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. You start deviating like, oh, well, it would be nice to have a comfort right now and not mm-hmm. not sacrifice for, for others now. Uh Anyway, that's so what I thought. So when we were talking about, you know, like people like your mom and, you know, your dad, people who are just, you can't get them down, it seems to me like they all have a deep sense of gratitude in common, that they're very thankful people. That So even in those moments of adversity, they're not upset because they're just so aware. They just have that presence uh, of mind where they're, of just how blessed they are. Well, because you know, I mean, I think in, in my, you know, my mom's case, in your dad's case, Adam, like, they know how kind of low it can be. Yeah. And that's where those moments of adversity, um, you know, they say can kind of make or break you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- th- those moments of adversity, those are things we can kind of call on and use as motivation. Those are saint-making moments. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, think about, it. Find, find me a saint with who lived a life without some kind of major adversity. Yeah. I mean, JP, too, you used that example that, earlier. Oh, like, my gosh. With, you know, all, his whole family dying, like, by the time he was, like, 13. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, being rained the ashes of his friends and countrymen, you know, like, falling on his head all the time. Yeah, and but and then had, later and, in life, I mean, like, Parkinson's and, yeah. you know, kind but of he all showed those, us, and just showed us how to live and how to die. And how to suffer well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think in all of these cases, I'm sure, there was another person in their life, you know, like... If you have to do these things all by yourself, it's almost impossible. You know, so like this is another example where brotherhood is important because there are times when you're down and you're think, you know, you kind of see mm-hmm. yourself, I'm I'm not going to make it and you think I'm this ship is going to crash. And that's Seek. when yeah, or you know, if you're heading towards the cliffs or you know like Ships can crash. <laughs> sure. You sure. can crash a boat, okay. then yeah. sink. Then yeah. sink. Yeah. <laughs> then they sink. Right. <laughs> Or they, or they get stuck on the rock and break into you know, like a bunch of pieces. Anyway, it's not important about the ship itself. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. But sometimes you have to have those that brotherhood, uh, somebody there mm-hmm. who can just snatch you out of your funk. What it you know looks to you to be absolute peril, and then you realize kind of later on it wasn't. But I'm really glad that you were there to like yep. kind of smack me around and wake me up because so I think about that. it. So like your dad. Who was there? His family. My mom, my I mean, yeah, grandmother, your, whole family. Yep. your dad, your mom. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all, all yep. of this. 
Because you have a purpose. I mean, in his case, like, all right, I have this thing. I should probably just give up. No, I have a wife and kids to support. I have motivation. Yeah. I have purpose. And I have these people around me, right? Yeah. My mom's the same way, right? I mean, my, oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta fight. I gotta, I gotta do what I can to get back and go to physical therapy and like get, you know, get going again because I got a husband and I got five kids. I got a life to live. So there's that, that, that motivation. But I think for, I think for men, yeah, the idea of, of, of a brotherhood, you know, as a priest, I have a, like a priest support group. Um, and I love telling people about it. You know, that's for me, that's not a sign of weakness. Yeah. Oh, you need a support group? Oh, geez. Like, no, that's not a weakness at all. You know, I thought you were a strong priest. No, I, I am a strong priest because I have a support group. Right, exactly. You know, I've got these guys that we meet once a month, and we share a lot about our lives. Mm-hmm. We're able to, you know, to really kind of go. We challenge each other. Hey, man, you gotta, you're got you not doing that. You need to step it up. That that brotherhood of support, and it can, it can come from the family. It can come from the parish. It can come from a lot of different places. Yeah. And a lot of times people will tell you things that you don't necessarily like, but you need to hear. And oh, yeah. and because of today's culture of like, oh, if you say something I don't like, that means you don't like me. Right. It's all relativistic, you know, like, how dare you criticize my opinions because they're mine and but they're absolute. I can, re- I mean, I, I mean, for example, there have been times you've, you've uh, emailed us and said, hey, it'd be, you know, maybe watch out when you say this or this or this. Oh. And it's like, yeah. And it's yeah, like, and, uh, and we and both were like, "What, at, at man? First, first, I hate him." No, at, well, <laughs> well, what it did was we're finding a was, new priest. No, what it, what it did was it actually made me uh, like see it from a different lens. It made mm-hmm. me see it from yeah, a different always. angle, and I realized, "Oh, well, maybe, yeah. maybe." And thank my, you, thank you for. Doing I forget that. what that even what those even I don't were. Need, but I don't remember I don't either. Even but remember, but yeah, but that's why we have you as a you know I was yeah. a spiritual director, not because. But I would say it goes you know it goes the same way. I mean, I think you guys you know when when I listen to your show. I mean, yeah, several points where I'm like, oh, I've never, that's a, that is a big time challenge those guys are throwing down. And am I, you know, am I living that in my own individual life? No, dang, I need to. But I know the reason why you do that is not because you're criticizing us just to criticize. You're trying to make us a better, better men. You know, you're trying. Yeah, because I know you guys, I mean, you guys have a lot of influence on a lot of guys. uh, And so to help, including some guys in my own parish, you know, if my job is to get my, my guys to heaven, uh, then you know, it's a little bit of an indirect way. Yeah. Well, and but we need that. You know, and yeah. we need kind of those slaps in the face a little bit of sometimes like, oh, I guess I didn't see it from that angle. That is a good point. And yep. you can't you can't receive that if you're thinking that everybody's out to get you. Yeah. If you think everybody's out to get you and that you're the victim here every time, then you're not going to be able to see that other people are trying to help you and maybe maybe take, you know, criticizing you rightly. Yeah. And maybe your reaction, I mean, I don't know when, you know, when you, I say, usually send you an email or a text or something and, you know, and you can like read it and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so mad. I hate that guy, you know, <laughs> but, the, but then you calm, calm down. Right. You don't let emotions calm yeah. down. Read it again. Yeah. Go to sleep, pray, read it again. Yep. Okay. Now, there it is. Oh, now I see. I'm, I'm not hungry, angry, lonely, tired. I'm now I can be resilient, pick myself back up and, and you know, another thing is better. that. These stories all involve people who have a well-discerned vocation. Knowing your vocation puts you on a good path. So Father, get, get there if you haven't. Father Brian, it's always a pleasure to have it's you. It's a joy. Thanks, guys. We're right. on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass and cheers to Jesus. <laughs>